0: Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 143. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I'm a specialist in performance and mindset, working with entrepreneurs of all levels, all over the world, supporting them to be the best and perform at their highest levels in life and business. I achieve this through my coaching, mentoring, and online programs. My aim is really simple. It's to help you learn and implement the valuable resources and lessons shared in these episodes. Remember, to be exceptional will require you to pause, reflect and implement. Let's get on with the show and speak to today's guest, Paul Maskell. So Paul is the founder of the Ultimate Freedom Mastermind. After building his own business from zero to 500,000 in four years and selling it for a lucrative return, Paul set out on a new mission. He watched his father pour everything he had into his own service-based business for 40 plus years until he could physically no longer do the work. With no employees and no systems, Paul's father was not able to capitalize on all of the work and the risk he had put in for four decades. The sale of the company was simply selling off the truck and equipment. Today, Paul helps other small business owners automate their businesses so it can thrive without them, enabling them to leverage their business to build a life that they love. And I'm really looking forward to speak to Paul. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Excited to be here. I am really looking forward to our conversation as well. As I said before, we kind of like hit the record button. We could talk about 100,000 things. Um, but while, before we get dived into all of this wonderful content, can you give us a little bit of a uh, an, a background story of what's brought you to this point in your um, area of expertise?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jeff. So, I mean, really what I, my kind of area of focus is really helping small business owners, no matter really what type of business they run, uh, automate, scale their business so they can make more money, have more time, and do what they really want to do in this world. So. Uh, You know, kind of my backstory is I just listened to everybody else when I was growing up. They said, don't start your own business. Don't, you know, at that point there was no internet. So almost all businesses were either manual labor or professional services. So my dad was in manual labor. He said, don't do this. Go to school, get good grades, get a good job. And everybody, everybody tells you that. So that's what I did. Went to college, got my college degree, uh, moved to the city, so I'm in the state. So I moved to Chicago, sat in a cubicle, looked at numbers, looked at spreadsheets, and this was during the Great Recession. So shortly after I got hired, a lot of people I work with got fired and laid off, uh, and to me, that didn't really make much sense. Like, why? Wait, why does everyone tell you to do this? This doesn't really add up. Like, I saw all these people who had their jobs for you know 10, 15, 20 years. They were so committed to this big conglomerate, companies, banks, financial institutions, and really anything. But I was in the finance world and their whole life was leveraged on this one job. And to me, it didn't really seem that secure. You basically had your own business and you had one client. And if that client fires you, you're out of business. So anyway, that just wasn't for me. It wasn't fulfilling. I didn't feel like I was making an impact. Uh, I didn't see myself doing that for 40 years and then go retire and enjoy life. Like, to me, it didn't make sense to do something you hated for 40 years, so you then can hopefully enjoy life when you retire. So, I left that job. I started my own business. Uh, almost quit that business because I thought, man, I thought everybody would want to buy my service, and nobody did. So then I was wondering, should I go back and get a job? Uh, but you know, fast forward a couple months, patience, persistence paid off. Started to scale my business, and before I knew it, I was working 60 to 80 hours a week, and at that point i loved what i did and i'd rather do that for 60 to 80 hours a week more than sit in a cubicle uh but it really wasn't any more secure than a job because if something happened to me that business would go to zero real quickly so kind of typical entrepreneur i was scared to delegate it was my baby nobody could do it as well as i could uh, until i remembered when i quit my job originally my kind of justification in my mind was the worst case scenario if i quit my job i start my own business it doesn't work I can always go get another job. So when I really started automating and delegating everything in my business, the worst case scenario was if it doesn't work, the work's just going to come back to me and it's already with me anyway. So I might as well give this a go. So anyway, I gave it a go, figured it out. It worked, automated that business, scaled that business, eventually sold that business. Uh, And since then, people have really kind of asked me, well, how did you do that? Can you teach me how to do it? So Uh, you know, we can dive into the hows and the whys and the what's, but you know, really that's kind of my backstory is I really want to help everybody possible. And, you know, I was kind of the, the perfect example of it, uh, going through that process of, Hey, we started our business for a reason to have that freedom, to have the ability to earn more than a two to 3% raise and to really make an impact and love what we do. Yet that rarely happens for entrepreneurs. We end up sacrificing everything in order to keep that business running, which uh, doesn't sound like much fun either.
0: No, no, totally, totally. And I think as well is, you know, getting you on the show, especially during the current period of time. Um, I think there's looking at the the sort of processes and the the systems and automation and, and delegation, there'll be, you know, it's, it's a really um, poignant moment for people to really start thinking about that because I think, you know, there's an awful lot of um businesses out there, whether I've spoken to them through, you know, coaching sessions or whether it's been emails from people who are listening to the show, you know, there's a there's demotivation, there's there's um fear, there's all sorts of stuff. But the reality of it is is that in my view, this will pass. Um I think what we've got to do is we've got to use this time wisely in order to keep things going get that motivation and actually when post covid does hit get ready for the um for taking on the world the way that we always wanted to do
1: yeah for sure and i think now is a great opportunity to to do a lot of things because i think your consumer your customer your clients will probably give you more leeway than ever so it's a great way to you know try and add new offerings or serve your clients differently or start a new business because right now is the best time. And it's also a good time to kind of reset and maybe get more efficient, get more lean and really focus on what's important. You know, you're basically right now have the opportunity to build a stronger foundation than you had before. You can kind of take a reset because you know what didn't work when you were busy and now you might have the time because whether you lost some clients or you're not going to as many events or you're not traveling as much, whatever it might be, but now you can kind of rectify and fix the things that might've been broken before. So now you're building a stronger foundation, stronger infrastructure to scale your, you know, quote unquote house higher, bigger, stronger uh, and better. And now is the best opportunity to do that. I think, uh, you know, at the time of recording, it's the last day of April when it first hit. I think everyone freaked out and was like, forget this, I'm quitting. But now it's like, you re- I guarantee you whenever this ends, say six months from now, everyone's going to look back and say, man. I wish I would have taken more advantage of that time hope. I did have Absolutely. when the world shut down.
0: Absolutely, because we're 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 never going to get a period of time like this again. Thank well, certainly, bloody hope not. But we're never going to get that opportunity to take a step back, and you know, as much as there's a lot of negative stuff that's got that that in reality is happening right now. I think there's a, an awful lot of that that we cannot control. And what we need to focus on is what we can. So as you were saying, it's you know pivoting or looking at what's going on. You've got breathing space at the minute to take, a, to take stock of what's worked, what hasn't worked, what can we do in the future? Because actually now is the time to innovate and be creative with what we need to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's the best time because you can test things without a bigger fear of will this work? Will it not work right now? You're like, I really don't have anything to lose. And it might be a home run. It might not be, but the more times you get up there and swing the bat, the better chance you are going to have to have that success and your customers will love you for it. And they're going to support you even more. And kind of what I encourage everybody, every client you have right now or every customer serve them better than ever double down, even if it's going to quote unquote, cost you time. Because coming out of this, they will be your number one advocate, number one salesperson, and your business will grow exponentially if you're not moping around because what I also find is your clients feed off that, and I'm like, man, that Jeff guy, like he's so optimistic, like I just want to hang out with him, and then everyone starts talking about that Jeff guy, and it's like, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't believe everything we see on the news. No, absolutely, absolutely right. So let's get dived in. Okay, so
0: during when you were talking about it, you were talking about automation and scaling your business, and you you talked about that sort of delegation process as well. Is you know when you're when you're thinking about what we've just talked about there and about you know businesses stuff, where do you think the first place that they Should um, start in order to help them sort of regain that momentum and regain that traction of moving forward
1: Yeah, that's a great question Jeff So I think I mean I was just as guilty of this we get caught in the trap of we just got to keep this business going We got to survive the day survive the week survive the year Uh, And I was the same way so I didn't you know what I realized was I didn't really have a vision once I quit my job so when I was working for the man working in corporate America, sitting in the cubicle, my number one goal, my number one vision, was to quit my job and start my own business. And I did that. And then I thought that was it. Like, I guess I'll just keep this, you know, engine running for the next forty years, and it's better than having a boss. But you know, I realized that wasn't sustainable, and I realized I didn't really have a goal or nothing to aspire to. It was just this is what I do every day, which basically sounds like a job. So, uh, the number one place I would recommend everybody to start now is the best time to do that. Uh, because there's no better time than now, no matter what you're going through, is to really get crystal clear on your personal vision. What does your ideal life look like? What do you really want to do in this world? Who do you want to serve? Who do you want to spend time with? Where do you want to make an impact? You know, Where do you want to travel? How do you want to spend time with your kids? Whatever it might be, but once you know where you're going, it's a lot easier to figure out what you need to do today in order to get there. You know, unfortunately, most business owners, they don't know where they're going. They just know they got to keep the engine running before it runs out of gas. And they just got to keep that thing going. So if you can get really clear and you know what I do, I'm a numbers person. So I literally just figured figure out how much money do I actually need to make to do everything that me and my family want to do in this life. And if you go through that exercise, you know, what's your basic living expenses, How much money do you want to spend on travel? How much money do you want to give away to, you know, causes that you believe in? How much money do you want to invest into other business, real estate, other, you know, financial opportunities? How much money do you want to spend or need to spend on your kids' education or college, university fund, whatever it is? But once you know what that number is, then you just reverse engineer of, oh, well, I need to build this size of business. And that's really more attainable than I thought. So that's where I recommend everybody get started, get crystal clear on your personal vision. Why did you start your business? And then you actually have kind of the destination yes. of where we actually want to go.
0: Right. I love, I love this. And, and, and there's two things of this. Number one, that I love um, what you're talking about is sort of getting an understanding of that that money matter, because whether we like it or not, money might not be the main thing that we're trying to strive for to give us the joy. Money makes life a lot easier. And I think there's this weird, um, this coveted million dollar thing, you know, that keeps going, like, I want to earn a million dollars, but they actually don't know why they want to earn a million dollars. And I remember having a conversation with one of my mentors and he said, it's quite amazing because there's an awful lot of people that want financial freedom. They don't want luxury. Or anything like that. They just want the the ability to, you know, have a nice holiday, and um, not worry about the bills because everything's coming in. They just want to be able to stay in and enjoy the life at a certain v- idea of what they want. So your vision is what you're talking about. Um, and they were, he says, if you sit down and look at the figures, you realise it's not that much. Necessarily. Yeah, it's obviously not. <laughs> depending if you want a Maserati or an Austin Martin or you know a hundred foot yacht, yes, of course, you you're talking different, but that that figure does not have to be
1: a stupid amount of money. No, it doesn't. And I think once you go through that exercise, because if you're just sitting here today and like you said, I want to make a million dollars, but you don't know why, it doesn't have significance to you, you're never gonna get there because you don't know what you need to do and you're not gonna have the drive to get there because it's kind of a fictitious goal. But if you know I need to make $197,000. Once my business does that, I can go on those holidays. I can donate to what I want to do. I can drive a nice car. I can have my house paid for whatever it is. Then it's like, okay. And it'll probably take me two years to get there. And I just need to keep doing what I'm doing, putting in the repetitions and get better and better. And you'll probably get there. But you know, once, like you said, we all fall in love with the big numbers, but you can't get to the big numbers until you, you know, if you want to make a million dollars, first you got to make a hundred thousand. And most people that want to make a million, They've never got to a hundred thousand <laughs> because they don't even know how to get there, you know? So, uh, that's really where I recommend everybody start. Okay. And then the second part,
0: and you know, I'm, I'm the same as you, I'm a, a massive believer in get that vision, get crystal clear on exactly what you want. Um, do you, do you experience resistance with that? Cause there's people who I have conversations with who, you know, maybe, um, looking at hiring a coach and we'll talk about, you know, go for the vision Um, And the first thing they'll go is, is, yeah, okay, I've read that majority of personal development books. And my sort of answer to that is, well, if it's in every personal development book, do you not think it's because there's a reason behind it, not looking at the negative? And the question I'd like to ask you is, is, what do you feel is the power behind the vision? And how do you sort of look at that vision in, in the sort of the, the most basic form?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good question. And, you know, I, th- I think the power behind it, what keeps me going is, one, I've shared that vision with other people, right? So now you're kind of accountable with other people. Uh, my, wife, my wife knows exactly the number I want to get to, and we know once we get there, it's going to make our lives what we want to do, at least what we want to do in the short term. It can always change. Uh, but then putting yourself in a group and investing in a group or a coach or a mentor or a mastermind something like that it's going, to make, it's going to make it even that much more powerful because i can you know i can google every bit of information i need from a tactical standpoint of how to do this how to do that i can go to youtube i can go to google but what we really need since we are our own boss we can always make excuses up like ah oh, yeah it didn't work or oh, i don't feel like doing that i'm going to do that later because there's no one else holding us accountable when we're an employee our employer would hold us accountable. You need to do this by this date, and it needs to look like this, and we have to get it done. Like They give you everything you need to do. So when you're your own boss, your excuses sound great to you and terrible to everybody else. So you know, for me, the power behind that vision is only as good as the people you share it with. And it, I think it also goes with, if you're building a business with a team, you have to have a business, your business has to have a vision and a mission too, so you can share that with your team. And the people that buy into that vision and mission will take it and run with it and they will go through everything to make that happen because they know if we achieve the business's vision and mission, we will we will all achieve our personal visions as well. Uh, so I, I really think the power is in sharing it with other people uh, and then making sure you have somebody to hold you accountable with, guide you through that, uh, you know, because Technically it's uncharted waters. So it's always good to learn from other people who have already done what you're looking to do. Mm, Yeah, totally. Totally. So
0: one of the ones, so, I mean, you know, that, that's such a lovely way of, 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 you know, answering that question. Thank you very much. The second thing I'd like to speak to you about is, you know, you've talked about automating and we were talking about processes and things before we hit the record button. What, um, you know, what systems and and processes do you think are key to business owners in order for them to get maximum uh, results from whatever they're, you know, from their businesses?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, we really got to get over the mindset hurdle first before we even jump into that of, hey, someone else can do this. If, if, if I can do it, so can somebody else. I just need to take what I've done and replicate it, duplicate it, systematize it so other people could do it. And I know it's not easy, we have the trust issue, but when you're really clear on that vision, then you're like, oh, I know I need to do this in order to get to where I wanna go. Otherwise, if you keep doing the same thing, you're gonna get the same results. So once we've overcome that hurdle, You know, I look at every business, try to make it as simple as possible. Every business, no matter what you're selling, no matter how you're selling it, it's basically broken into five systems. So if you just follow the customer journey, this will make your life really easy. So the first system is lead generation. How do people learn about you? How do people get interested about you? You know, whether it's ads, whether it's word of mouth, whether it's podcasting, whatever it is, people need to first learn about you, lead generation. Then you need to convert those people into paying customers. So sales is your second system. Once, you, once they give you money, now you actually have to serve them. So there's kind of two aspects of that. Uh, you know, the customer service aspect is one, which is, could be your third system. And then the actual service that you provide is the fourth you know, four system. So you can be really good at the service, but if you have terrible customer service, nobody really cares. So you have a terrible customer experience, nobody cares. Or you could be really awesome, super nice, just the friendliest guy, best customer service but if you don't deliver on what you said you're going to do, it doesn't really matter. So those are really obviously two important systems. And then the last one is the one that I love the most and everyone usually hates is the operation. So everything that has to happen on the background that the customer doesn't see, a lot of the employees don't see the thing that makes your business keep going all the backend operations. So if you look at those five systems and you know, what I recommend everybody do, just start breaking down every single thing that you do within that system. And all those, I just call them processes. So a bunch of processes make a system. Then you can start to work on delegating those things, automating. But that first step is really key of, I call it the delegation snowball. So go through each system and type out, write out, however, however you like to get information out of your head, uh, every single thing that you do within each system. And this will be like a living, breathing document. That you're going to add to it. You're going to remove from it, but write down everything that you do, how long it takes you, how often you do it, who should do it, who's doing it right now. And then you just number it and number, the number one thing is the thing you want to delegate like tomorrow. So, say you have 200 processes within those five systems. What's the one thing if you could delegate tomorrow, you would, and if you do that every single day, five days a week, you'll probably delegate or automate every single thing in your business quicker than you thought. Uh, the problem most business owners run into is they look at that and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. So I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to pretend it's not there and hope nothing happens to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the pain thing, isn't it? It's it's just like trying to get fit when you haven't done any exercise for God knows how long. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's easy just to go, no, nah, it's fine. But it, right. <laughs> it's not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not in the hospital
1: yet. So no, exactly.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm not dying. Um, but but the, the other thing is, is what I, what I love about that, that sort of, that simplicity and actually the power behind that is that is so useful no matter how big your business is. Because even from a, you know, a solopreneur to understand what they're doing, when they're doing it, they can start identifying what gives them the results and what doesn't. And actually, they can understand if they're missing something or all of those sort of things. So that's such a valuable um, thing to do that probably a lot of sort of, well, as you said, a lot of, doesn't matter what size business are, a lot of them just don't do it.
1: Yeah, they either don't do it or... They do it and they don't even know they do it and then when you start really documenting it's like oh i don't do this every time but i should let's let's you know and a lot of it depends on how busy we are when we're not that busy and we're kind of hungry for customers we do a lot of good stuff in lead generation we do a lot more follow-up on sales we do really good customer service and then all of a sudden we bring on a couple of customers and then all that kind of falls by the wayside because then it's like oh i got to go serve these people which then dries up the pipeline and it's this vicious cycle. No matter where you're at, you're, you're always trading one opportunity for the other. Uh, but when you can really systematize it, document it, how it's done, you know, then you can start giving small bits to other people. And really where I recommend everyone start is just pick the easiest task, something that you think, you know, your five-year-old kid could do. And just document how it's done and give it to somebody else. It could be a VA. You can hire a VA for literally an hour a day if you need them, and they will do it, and they'll do it just as good as you can as long as you show them how you do it. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah.
0: And the thing I love about that is I love the fact that you can, you can write down and document all that stuff, and then from a, from a higher satellite level, you can see how congruent that is, is to your vision of where you want the business and how it's serving or you know, what departments it's doing and how it's serving your clients and responding in a way that allows you to have that complete congruence from the smallest process right to the delivery system.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it really helped, you know, when you have that clear vision, you kind of have your business mapped out, then you know, how big a business do I actually need to build to make that dollar amount that I need from a personal standpoint? Once we know that dollar amount, then we're like, okay, how many people do we actually need to serve that? And how many hours do I actually want to work? And what where where is my end role in this? Is it CEO or maybe you really still love being the project manager? You really love, like you can still have a job within your business uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you still need to document how your job is done. So that way, when you are gone, you have that freedom, whether it's to go on vacation or someone gets sick or... You just don't want to work that day. Whatever it is, you know, there's nothing wrong with being an integral part to the delivery of your service. I think the key is to have everything documented, automated, delegated, uh, you know, so that if something does happen to you, just like if something happens to one of your employees, somebody else can step up and just follow their manual and, you know, this is how you succeed in this job. Yeah, I love that. And also, what I want to highlight to the listeners is, is
0: um, I lost six years of my career technically due to an illness that in part couldn't be controlled but a lot of it was initiated because I wasn't very good with dealing with the stresses of because I just didn't le- learn those coping skills and it's something I ask every single person um, I sort of work with is, is how long could your business last without you um, and I think is is looking at the systems and looking at the automation and looking at how you can delegate tasks if ever you were in a a sort of illness situation where it holds you you back and you can't necessarily work. At least you've got the systems and processes in place to be able to, you know, implement functionality within your business anyway.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, it really just gives you so many more options, whether you're like, I'm kind of tired of this business. I don't want to run it. You could sell it. You could hire someone else to run it. You could just keep it as kind of a passive income stream and let your team run it. Or if something, you know, like you said, if something happens to you, uh, don't be so selfish that you put your family in a position where they have to pick up the pieces where instead something could, if something happened to you or your spouse will be like, okay, this business will still run and we can sell it and it's a sellable asset. So we can get some return on the hard work that we, you know, put in as a family. So really just having a business that can run without you doesn't necessarily mean it's going to run without you every day. But when you have a business that can run without you, you have so many more options and you have so much more peace of mind that you can sleep better at night. Your family's not as stressed. And, you know, you realize there's not that many things that are that important anyway, at the end of the day, it's just a business. Okay. So what we're going to do
0: now is we're going to jump to the second part of the show where I put, um, I get a chance to put Paul on the hot seat and ask him a set of questions. So, sir, are you ready? I am ready, Jeff. Okay. So question number one, on average, how much time a week do you dedicate to self-development? That's body, mind, and soul.
1: Body, mind, and soul. So I read every morning for about 30 minutes. So I guess at least Monday through Friday. So that's two and a half hours. I normally go to the gym when it's open three days a week. So that's another hour-ish or hour and a half. And then, uh, you know, I would say outside of that, I, try to, I work from home. So I do try and get out and get outside. But I would say on average about an hour a day.
0: Fantastic. Okay, question number two. What book has made the biggest impact to your self-development
1: or personal growth and why? Oh, that's a good question. So I would say even though it's probably a business book, but I think learning. So just what we were talking about, I think Built to Sell is a great book to get you in the mindset to build a business that is sellable, even if you don't want to sell it which means it can run without you. Uh, for me, that was probably the biggest eye-opener, which helped me from a personal development standpoint because then I could start focusing on myself because I could build a business that didn't need me 24-7. Yeah,
0: love that, love that.
1: Okay, question number
0: three, what app makes the biggest impact to your business or life?
1: Oh, the, what? I would say my calendar, so Google okay. Calendar. Yep. <laughs> it's always the simple ones. It is, yeah, and uh, everything's in my calendar, so I don't have to remember anything.
0: Yeah, and do you when when you use your calendar, you do you literally put almost like block time out for specific tasks, or is it mainly like appointments and stuff? How do you normally use your calendar?
1: That's a good question. So, in my phone is reminders, things that I need to do that day, like specific things, like oh, it's the first of the month, I have to do these tasks. And then it's all my appointments, but my time blocking, I actually have a separate schedule that I set for myself every friday so it's just a simple spreadsheet and i go through what am i going to do the next week and i have all my blocks of time and that's really what i follow every day you know once i once i get into my office
0: okay Uh, just out of curiosity when you were talking about um documenting processes do you use a like a spreadsheet on that or is there a particular type of app that you would use for
1: that or is it just simple just you can use a piece of paper and do it Good question. So most of the tasks that we do, so they're either in-person tasks or computer, most are computers. So comp- I'm a huge fan of video. Video makes everyone's life a lot easier because they can see it and they can do it. They can pause, rewind, fast forward. Uh, and the best thing is you can record that video while you're doing whatever task it is. So it doesn't really take any more time. So if it's on the computer, I like Zoom or Loom, uh, both good free tools to record any standard operating procedure. And then if it's an in-person task, We all have smartphones, which have really great cameras, totally functional. And you just hit record and say, this is how I do this task. And now all of a sudden you've started to create processes. So like you said, it's usually the most simple things, but uh, it really does work. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be functional. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If if it works, it don't matter. Um, Okay, question
0: number four. What's your biggest business mistake which turned into a valuable lesson? And what did it teach you?
1: Good question, Jeff. So I would say, so I sold my first business and I didn't, it sold much quicker than I expected. So it sold like the broker said it would take like six to nine months and it literally took like a month. Uh, So I was in a cool spot of, I could, I kind of had the time to figure out what I want to do next, Uh, but I chased the e-commerce, whatever, if it was a dream, call it a dream uh, because that was when Amazon FBA started to become really popular. Uh, and I thought I would like it because I wouldn't have to have employees. And uh, I literally just hated it. I hated selling physical products. Uh, I realized that what I really learned from it was I, I need people. Uh, and I like dealing with the service based industry, whether it's, uh, you know, in person service or virtual service, something like that. But I just hated selling physical products. Uh, so Small mistake. We bought a bunch of inventory. We probably broke even. We probably spent, I don't know, $20,000 in inventory maybe. So it wasn't a huge amount of money. Uh, but we got to the point where I just wanted that stuff out of my garage and we sold it basically at cost just to move on and call it a day. So I think a valuable lesson for anybody is knowing it is okay to do that and knowing when, when the time is right. And yeah, micro, micro fail because I did put a lot of time into it. But I do see a lot of business owners keep going when maybe they shouldn't at least with that venture, because they say, well, I've put so much time into it, but you really have to be in it hundred percent to be, to own any type of business. And I just wasn't in it. No. Yeah.
0: Okay. And it's that acknowledgement, isn't it? And identifying that that is the way that you're just, you're feeling.
1: Yeah. And it was so liberating to actually someone in our neighborhood, like took all the inventory basically. And it was so liberating to take all of that stuff out of my garage, put it into her van and say, bye. It was great. But on to the next thing, uh, you know, even if it was at a loss or at cost, it was very yeah. liberating.
0: Cool, cool. Okay, question number five: What are your challenges in harmonizing work and life, and how do you manage them?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. So you got a lot of good ones. So <laughs> I would say my biggest challenge with that, I don't, I don't know if you can necessarily ever have a balance, but you have to. Have yeah, the I think that's why just... I
0: choose like harmony because it's a, you know, as an entre- <laughs> as an entrepreneur. It, it's not about competition of between two. I think it's how do you blend that passion in what you do and the passion of your family and everything else. And it's just, I'm always interested to know
1: how do, how yeah. do we do that. So I, so I would say, you know, for me, the what, what works at least to keep that harmony is to, sh- you know, have those open conversations, dream with your family, with your spouse, dream together, don't have your individual dreams and goals and nobody really knows what they are. Uh, to make sure they do align with your family goals, you know I would say my biggest struggle is I know my potential is far greater than what I probably will ever do because of the family aspect, so my business potential, and like you said, yeah, maybe I could get a hundred foot yacht, but at what expense, like I would pretty much have to sacrifice a lot of things, and do I really want to do that you know at the end of the day? that yacht's not going to come to my funeral. That yacht really doesn't care. Uh, But the people that I impacted and the people that I spent time with will. And so being okay with maybe not reaching your full business potential, but, you know, the flip side of that is really having an awesome life outside of business, family, friends. Yeah. and
0: and And I particularly like the fact that you talk about both your goals and your family goals there needs to be a synergy um and and to dream together is such a good thing because you know how how can you expect to achieve something if your vision is one thing and your key partner is a different thing you're going to go in separate directions and never never the twain shall meet so to speak for sure um okay question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out
1: Yeah, so I would say two things. One, you got to get really clear on that vision. And then two, there is no trophy for going it alone. So we as entrepreneurs, we're doers, we're go getters, we can figure it out, which gets us to a certain point, which we need, right? We need to have that mentality to quit our job or go out on this crazy venture. But at some point, you need to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, people who have done what you're looking to do. And really even just people that are going on the same journey because it can be a lonely journey. You can sit in your office all day and not talk to anybody. And then you'll go to social gatherings and nobody knows what it's like to be a business owner. Instead, they rather talk about, you know, watching Tiger King on Netflix. And you're like, yeah, but do you really want to talk about gross profit? I love to share. And they're like, wait, what? So putting yourself in an environment where people are pushing you, holding you accountable, uh, mentors, coaches, masterminds, you know, meetups, whatever it is, we need that outlet, uh, otherwise we'll just kind of go crazy.
0: Yeah, and you've mentioned masterminds a couple of times. I think that's such a crucial um, attribute to being, as a business owner, to be part of groups like that. Because I think that, can, that literally not only can transform you, but it also will transform your life because you've got such a supportive group of people.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, and their number, their number one goal is to watch you succeed because they know your number one goal is to watch them, them succeed. succeed. So Absolutely, everyone's yeah. just pouring into each other and, you know, pushing each other. You can really reach your full potential. And it's a lot more fun to go on these crazy business journeys with other people instead of trying to do it all by yourself.
0: Yeah. And other people who kind of like understand where you're coming from, you know, we, we entrepreneurs are nuts. They've just born bonkers. You know, our mind, our minds don't work. Like, normal people because we've got yeah. passion we've got you know <laughs> like you said i'd happily work on something for 80 hours if i loved what i did people
1: that you know non, non-entrepreneurial non types don't think like that no and usually they'll just complain about their job but they won't do anything yeah. about yeah <laughs> they'll complain yeah for four for, for 45 years or something I never liked that job the day I started. It's like, well, why?
0: Right. Um, Okay. (laughs) Question number seven is, what is your definition of success?
1: Yeah. So I think my definition of success, you know, more from a personal level, kind of what we were talking about before, uh, but really having those strong relationships, making an impact, leaving a legacy. And I would say the biggest definition is who's coming to your funeral when it's all said and done, because we only got one shot at this. And. They don't care what your bank account is. They don't care what your resume looks like. And to your point earlier, yes, money is very important. So people who tell you that it's not important are probably broke. Uh, I don't want to be broke. I want to be able to do what I want to do with my friends and family. I want to be able to you know, give back to the causes we believe in uh, and make a big impact because we only got one shot at this. And it's it's so much more fun when you can make an impact and when you do make a big impact that usually comes you know whatever money you're making that's a direct result of the impact you're Absolutely. putting on people yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not it's not you're not taking It's, it's right. a, it's
0: it's a, it's a win-win situation and that's the way this transaction should be
1: right so you know i think a lot of times people will look at whether it's entrepreneurs or successful business owners and say they're greedy oh man look but It's really just a direct measure of how many people they're impacting and serving. So I would say that's my ultimate measure of success is, you know, whenever my last day is here, whether it's tomorrow or 40 years from now is who's shown up to my funeral and what, how did I make the world a better place than, you know, than before I got here. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay. Question eight is, do
0: you have any daily routines or rituals that make a huge impact to your day?
1: I go to bed really early. <laughs> okay, what? What? what so, when you talk about well, bed early, what times early? So we have a four-year-old, so she goes oh, to bed okay. about seven thirty. Okay, and by that time, uh, as as you as you in the UK would say, I'm knackered by seven. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so me and my wife maybe have like we don't even turn our TV on. And like our TV's very really young. If we turn it on, we'll fall asleep. So we've got. Seven thirty to eight o'clock is kind of like our time wind down, and then we're we're both sleeping by eight thirty at the latest, which sets me up for success the next day. Because I realized nothing unless people are there are some people that are productive at night, uh, and I I I could totally be in that boat, but then I wouldn't be able to get up early. So uh, most people, at least the average American, watches like thirty five hours of TV a week. So. Usually between eight and 11 o'clock, they're just watching TV that's adding zero value to their life. So I figured I might as well go to bed early so I can get up early. So I get up at four, um, but I still get my seven or eight hours of sleep and I'm ready to go.
0: And is it up at four to start sort of, uh, you know, the, the planning or stuff or is it up at four to look after your, 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 your little and then to start doing it? Is, it? is it like you're ready to go at four o'clock in the morning?
1: Uh, so yeah, so she usually get our little one gets up around six or six thirty. So it's kind of my time to get my day going. So that way, what, we'll, so that I'm not stressed when she wakes up because then I know there's things in the back of my mind. So usually between four and six, there's 30 minutes of reading, probably 30 minutes of, you know, taking a shower, getting ready. Uh, and then an hour of either work or going to the gym. So I go to the gym a couple of times. I go to the gym three days a week. Uh, and then some days I do work. I'm, you know, I have a morning routine, but I'm also okay. Waking up at four o'clock and just working, you know, uh, some people say, Oh, you got to do all these other things and don't do that. But that's what works for me. So between four and six, 30 minutes of getting ready, 30 minutes of reading, and then an hour of, you know, whether it's going to the gym or actually getting some work done to start my day off the way I want to start.
0: Brilliant. Yep. Be in control. Fantastic. Okay. So, um, Paul, the final bit is, uh, could you share with us how we could find out more about you or anything else that um, you would like to share with the, um, the listeners that um, may help them connect with you in, in, in a different way?
1: Yeah. So, since they're listening to your podcast, I assume they listen to other podcasts. So, that would probably be the number one place I'd send them. Uh, I run a podcast of my own called the Business Owners Freedom Formula Show. So, uh, we bring on really smart people like Jeff Nicholson. Uh, He was a guest on the show. Uh, So, I do an interview once a week and then I do a solo show once a week where I just share with you something that's relevant going on in my local businesses, you know, my businesses that I'm running here. Uh, So, that'd be the number one way. And then, if anybody does want to connect outside of that, reach out to me. Uh, I know we talked about some masterminds a little bit. I do run a mastermind as well for business owners. So uh, they can just go to paulmaskill.com slash mastermind to learn more, fill out an application, uh, and then we would schedule a call to chat and see what's going on in their business. So those would be my two ways, podcast or the mastermind. Fantastic. Paul, thank you so much
0: for taking the time out and joining me. I've I've absolutely loved our conversation and it it just leaves me this final opportunity just to wish you the greatest success. Thanks, Jeff. Really enjoyed it. First of all, let me just say a huge and massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know you're listening. I really appreciate the support. If you would like to know more about me, the services I offer, how to connect with me on social media, then please visit www.successiq.co.uk. Remember, if you're interested in learning some great strategies that I teach or wanna be part of the amazingly supportive community where you can find lives, Q&A sessions and other great educational empowering resources, then take action and search for Success IQ Alliance on Facebook and join this brilliant group. It would be lovely to see you there. You can tune in and listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud and TuneIn and of course, iTunes. And if you have enjoyed the show and have the time, please leave a rating and review because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm aspiring to do. I wish you the greatest success and remember, don't settle for mediocrity. Go out there and create and live the exceptional. Have a lovely week and remember, just one conversation can create a lifetime of results. See you next week.